This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast here in Doha. I am joined, I'm in Doha, in fact, and I am joined by our former colleague and the much missed James Pierce, who's now from The Athletic. Hello, James. Ian, how are you? I am a little bit full of cold. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, all good. And also joined, as you can see, it's Carl Markham of PA Media. I am. And how long has that been called PA Media? Uh, this year. Yeah, the last 12 months we had a rebrand, so yeah. yeah. It used to be the Press Association, in case you're wondering. Now, as many of you will know, I was in Doha last month, so you all know my thoughts on this city and, uh, and Qatar as a country. However, James and Carl, the pair of you, you'd not been here before, and I know we came on the same flight on Monday afternoon. We landed on Monday evening. Uh, presently, we're actually recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, James, what's your thoughts? You've had more than 24 hours here now, what do you think? Uh, yeah, pretty much as I expected, to be honest. I mean, it's it's a place absolutely awash with money, isn't it? I think you can you feel that within a few hours of being here in terms of you know, all the, the high-rise buildings and the luxury hotels, that you know one of which we're in at the moment, um, and the, the amount of money they've spent, clearly, um, with one eye on the, the World Cup in 2022, the, in the stadium today we were at, um, you know, the facilities are absolutely incredible um, and then just getting the, the metro back which I think has only recently opened um, and yeah it's you know, it, it feels like the equivalent of having a World Cup in a couple of years time in somewhere like Greater Manchester almost it was you know it's that close together kind of eight massive stadiums and um, so yeah it's you know it's not the kind of place that you'd usually come to following Liverpool around but um, you know, certainly you know I think you also feel within 24 hours of being there how much it means to Flamengo the fact that um, there's 10,000 fans of theirs that have come over from from Brazil. You know that just that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how seriously they're taking it. Well, we'll come to Flamengo in a bit, James. I mean, obviously you in your old job certainly covered Liverpool quite a lot. Travelled to some far-flung destinations. I think you went to where was it? Thailand and Singapore, Indonesia, wasn't it? it was yeah, was one, Malaysia, wasn't it? yeah, Malaysia, Malaysia as well. Yeah, How yeah. does this compare? I know we've only been here for, as I say, for just over 24 hours. Not in terms of the, the reception Liverpool have received, because we haven't seen a lot of that. We'll see a lot of that at the game actually yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday evening. It's just what you think of the, the actual place itself. Yeah, I think it's it's different certainly from the other places I've been to in Liverpool because. You know, they, you know, it's it's not the kind of place Liverpool would come to on a pre-season tour, is it? I think you, know, you go to Bangkok or, or Malaysia or Indonesia, and you know, it's yeah, it's like it, you know, it, it can be you know, it's like Beatlemania when Liverpool have been there previously. I wouldn't say it's quite on that scale, although you know, there there were you know hundreds of fans outside the hotel when they when they arrived at Doha. I think, yeah, I think I think the whole the whole Club World Cup has shifted a little bit, hasn't it, since. You speak to the players that represented Liverpool in the competition back in the in the early 80s, and and certainly for them it was pretty much an irrelevance. This competition, you know, they they talk about how it was it was treated like a pre-season friendly and you know almost like a stag do in terms of you know they, they had a few nights out and it was like it, almost like a break from the the rigmarole of the of the of the week to week in the in the old first division and you know certainly this time around it's got a very different. Different feel to it. I think you, you know we were at Pop's press conference today, weren't we? And um, you hear him talk like that. And I think I think he summed it up perfectly when he said, you know, he said, if you said to me a few months back, is a mid-season competition in Qatar really what Liverpool need? Then probably not. But he said, because we won the Champions League, this 
we were invited to take part in it and you know now we're here we want to win it you know we're not just here to to make up the numbers and um yeah certainly i think where 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 would liverpool have been in this competition previously probably haven't had many fans in the comp in in the stadium at the, but i think i think with the club's global fan base now i think you can sense there is a there is a real buzz about the fact that liverpool are actually here and you know i think that will be represented with the turnout of the stadium yep. against uh, Monterey on Wednesday night. Now, Carl, we were just on the fifty-fifth floor of this hotel in a in a Cuban bar, listening to uh, somebody playing the flute, somebody playing the guitar to Michael Jackson's Earth song. Beautiful. Now, does does that does that Remember. kind of sum up Doha as a city? It seems to be one where it's it's full of just full of contradictions. It is a it? bit incongruous. <coughs> Some of the things you come across today, you know, James spoken about the, the lavish amount of money that is you know, spent on on things. But um, half the city is, is a building site just because they're either knocking things down to rebuild them or they've just started building them and not got through them. So you drive past uh, all the steel and glass and then you get to half-built projects, whatever they are, um, and round, round the, around the corner should be what is the old town, which is how old it actually is. They've got like little boats and uh, fishing boats, whatever. And so it is, is a, bit, a, a, bit, it's a bit of incongruous place to be in terms of say the difference in, in in what you can see as you turn one corner and go, go like a half mile down the road and it's different completely. I mean James mentioned then about the Flamengo fans when we arrived we arrived more or less at the same time as, as a flight <laughs> came in from Brazil yeah. and there's about 200 to 300 Flamengo fans all dressed in club gear yeah all of them some of them were even singing weren't they going through passport control we could hear them when we were queuing up I mean is that does that kind of underline as James kind of pointed to there in the past where some of the Liverpool players and the teams of the past that they played in this in eighty one eighty four to a lot lesser extent two thousand and five because Rafael Benitez mm. at, the t- at the time was he was absolutely fuming about it and I think that kind of underlined how the competition is certainly seen as more important in South America than Europe and certainly seen as more important in certain parts of Europe than it is in England but now because Liverpool have got the the way Liverpool have played won the Champions League they're so far ahead in the Premier League. It's the one competition they've not won. Has this kind of assumed more of a significance and importance than it otherwise would have done? Because James Miller even said, like, I think he was asked the question, is this a distraction to the way your season's going to come, you know, 3,000 miles to Qatar or whatever? And he says, well, it's a chance to win a trophy, so that, what, what a distraction that is. Yeah, that's the long question. Yes. I've almost forgotten where it starts. The question is, the, question is yeah. the competition itself yes. has become a lot more important as yes, even yeah. in the 14 years since Liverpool last in the final. I think, I mean, from South Americans, I think from their point of view, um, it's a chance for them to get massive worldwide exposure. I think we forget that the Champions League is so big and the Premier League is so big that the clubs in England get that exposure. I think for the South Americans, who um, they say it's not that easy to watch their games, and it's, it's chance for them to broadcast their, you know, their their talents or, or to a world stage. So I can see why they see this as being a bit as huge as it is for them. Um, I think, say, certainly with with Liverpool in this competition now, I think the the way they're, I mean, they were they were a huge worldwide you know, name anyway. But with Klopp arriving, with them winning the, the Champions League again. Um, they seem to have gone on another level, another level again, and it's almost like this is the natural progression for them now. It's almost like they're expected to come here, compete, and they're expected to win it. To be fair, because of of what they they have become in the last you know four years under Klopp, and, and where they are in the Premier League now, I think it's expected of them that 
I mean, both press conferences we've been to today, the Monterey one and the Liverpool one, people talk about Liverpool, Liverpool are the best team in the world. And I know Klopp disagreed with that to slightly try to play that down and stuff, but people mentioned Liverpool, because they won the Champions League, people saying they are the best team in the world. So they've got to come here and they've got, they've got to live up to that expectation. James, what did you make of Jurgen Klopp and James Miller in the press conference? <coughs> yeah, I, th- I thought... I thought Klopp struck the right balance. Really, um, you know, he was he was on good form, wasn't he? I think he uh, humorous, but I think you could you could tell that you know he, he he doesn't see this as some kind of glorified commercial exercise and in building the brand or. Well, he made um, mention, didn't he? If someone said, "Why haven't you had a public trading session like yeah, they would do yeah. when they go on the tour?" Yeah, so it's like, well, yeah. it's because we're not here on the tour. We're yeah. we're here to actually yeah, win yeah. a tournament. Yeah, I think you know, as, as we said before, you know. Would he want to be here, ideally, in the middle of December, amidst such a ridiculously busy period when Liverpool are in a, an unbelievable position domestically, trying to chase a first title for 30 years? No. But, you know, once Liverpool had accepted the invitation, then, you know, you, they, they weighed everything up before they accepted it, and then you make the best of it. And I think, I think the, fact that, the fact that he didn't leave anyone behind for the Aston Villa Carabao Cup game just told you everything you needed to know. I think when, when that when that was initially decided, you know, I was I thought, you know, maybe we might have seen, you know, Lalana or Shakiri, maybe two or three just stay behind just to strengthen that team and then fly out, you know, on, on the Wednesday or the Thursday ahead of the final. But the fact that nobody stayed behind and that you know, he brought all of his all of his big hitters over to Qatar, I think, you know, that, that showed you, you know, he, he wants to win this. With title, you speak to any of the players, and you know they're fully aware that Liverpool have never won this. And that's yeah, a big deal, isn't it? Because I think I think Jurgen Klopp got asked that, didn't he? The week says, "Well, this is something that a manager, a Liverpool manager, has never done. You could be yeah, the first yeah. one to do that." Yeah, and that, you know, that, and that, I think that is big. And I think there always has been that this massive disparity between the way it's regarded in South America and the way it's regarded in Europe. And you know, you, you speak to any of those players that were involved in the you know the eighty-one or eighty-four and. You know, there was it was ridiculous how different you know Flamengo and, and for Independiente what it meant to them compared to the Liverpool teams who came over to, to Japan just thinking you know you know it's a trip away and a bit of an escape and so it, it definitely it definitely has changed I think I think it still means a lot more to the South Americans than than Liverpool um, but you know, it's, it's it's a big opportunity you know how often do you get to complete a treble from like June through to Christmas, you know, it's, it's, it's unheard of really, and it's, you know, to, to go and win the Champions League, then the Super Cup, then the, the Club World Cup, you know, in the position that Liverpool are in already, you know, it, it is significant, you know, I don't, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, they should do it, there's no, no getting away from that, I think, speaking to a few Brazilian colleagues today, you know, even, they said that, that Flamengo have played 72 games already this season, which is just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it, with the state championship, the national championship, and the various cups, and their league finished like three or four weeks ago, I think. And they were saying that, you know, this is huge for them. Ten thousand fans have come over from from Brazil to support Flamengo, and how much it means to them. But he said, you know, that there's also a realization that the gulf is so big now between the top European teams and the top South Americans. He said that, you know, he said, you know, essentially Flamengo's best chance is to park the bus. And try and do almost what Sao Paulo did to Liverpool back in 2005, which was to, to nick a goal and then defend with everything they had and try and hold on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is you know, trophies are pretty hard to come by, and Liverpool went a long, long time without winning one. 
So, you know, just because I think they've won two so far this year, you can't turn your nose up at the chance to get another one in the back. Now, at the time of recording, Liverpool's, let's say, under-23 team will be about to play against Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup quarter-final at Villa Park. And there was an article written in another newspaper uh, earlier today which basically kind of insinuated, well, didn't so much insinuate, it actually state that Liverpool fans didn't care about the Club World Cup and they were only bothered about the Carabao Cup and they should have sent the first team to Aston Villa and just sent the reserves to Qatar. And Jurgen Klopp was asked that question, or the statement was put to him, wasn't it? And he, he didn't take too kindly to what was said, did he? No, he didn't. He, he wanted to find out who would say <laughs> yeah. it first. He was quite, quite keen to point the finger at, yes. uh, and, and level his answer at whoever had written it. Um, but no, I think he's right. I mean, I think this competition, the Club World Cup, is worth a lot more to Liverpool generally, not just financially, but in terms of the overall thing, than, than the League Cup will ever be. Uh, they've won the League Cup a lot of times. But it's, times, it's, it's, times. it's a record time, isn't yeah. it? So if, if there's any yeah. club that's taken it seriously, it's Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I and mean, you, you can't really follow their, their sort of approach to it this time because it's been put in an invidious position by both FIFA and, and the EFL, EFL, I think. So I think, you've, you've, uh, and as Klopp pointed out, they knew they were playing in this tournament and they were invited to this tournament back in August, maybe July. So they started planning for that. They had no idea they were going to be in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals at the same time. So they had to put plans in place for this one. And then it just happens the scheduling has gone, gone the way it has gone. And he has to make a decision. But I think, yeah, in terms of what, what it will mean to the club and, and what, it, what the value is for, for the players. For, I mean, look how people talk about the 2001 season where it, it was a treble. It wasn't the treble that people talk about, yeah. but, but it still talked about, um, you know, as, as being... I, I, Name drop. I spoke to Michael Owen last week before his fortieth birthday. Name drop. Your name drop. <laughs> yeah. And I said to him, is, "Is there any time you 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 go back? When was your happiest when playing football?" And he said, "Well, I would go back to two thousand one. That was you know that year was just that my favorite my favorite moment in football was two thousand one because he, I mean he basically won everything he could that year, Ballon d'Or and everything. So I think you know, as James says, to get a, get a treble and in in even shorter time, in you know, sort of six months." Um, means it will mean an awful lot to the players and, and the manager himself, and, and they say it's, it's worth a lot to the club. I mean, we've been talking about Flamengo and the and the view from South America how important it is, but Liverpool have to play Monterrey first in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, what are we expecting? Do you know anything about them? Don't want to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> but they, which he no. says immediately put them on yeah, the spot. Yeah, no. But we, what we do know about them is that they probably the one player that everybody knows about, uh, Vincent Janssen. He's injured, so yes. he's not playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've got the brother, twin brother of uh, Ramiro Funes Mori, who used to play for Everton and a yeah. uh, big fan of Divock Origi. Yeah. So, <laughs> other than that, other than that, it was interesting. James kind of touched on it just before about the press conference. You, know, you mentioned the fact they had the press conference. The Monterey press conference was just before the Liverpool one, and they were talking about how oh, Liverpool are the best team ever. And while the play, I think it was Nicolas Sanchez, wasn't it, the defender? I think he's 33, 34, yeah. so he's a veteran defender, yeah. and he said that this is the kind of game that comes up once, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But it's interesting that he said that because obviously for teams in the Premier League, they play Liverpool twice a season. For teams in the Champions League, they can expect to play Liverpool every now and again, so the leading teams. But for the likes of this you know, Monterey, the Mexican team, and whoever they would have played in this in this uh, semi-final game, it's a massive, massive event for them, just as players, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I'm going to say they don't get. I mean, Monterey have been. This is the fourth time they've been to this competition, but obviously these players haven't. Um, and it is is a huge event for them. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess they must sit at home and watch 
Liverpool on the TV and 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 I think, well, you know, what, can we ever get to that level? Can we ever you know, hope to compete with these guys? And this is their chance. And the coach was sort of, you know, trying to... He was a little bit the opposite. Manage yeah, expectations. Yeah, yeah. He was saying, you know, well, nothing's impossible in football. I think we've heard the Jürgen Klopp said before that yeah. nothing's impossible in football. Um, and that's what he was saying. He's saying, oh, we'll try and bring our own style. We're going to have to defend a lot, but there are times when we will be able to attack. And so he's trying to sort of manage the fact that yeah, he knows there's a massive gap between the two, the two playing squads. Um, but they're coming here... Um, either they're CONCACAF champions, so they, 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 they want to show the best that they, they can. I say the players are obviously hugely keen to be here and, 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 and both of them said we're not just here to participate, we want to be competitive. How far they can take that competitiveness, I, I don't know, because I mean, I, you know, the Premier League can't handle it at the moment, so whether you know, Monterey from Mexico can, can, can handle them if Liverpool turn up, you know, 78% of what they, they can do in the, the Premier League, then you, you think they'll, they'll probably struggle with that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. James, this is a big game for Liverpool. Talk about the semi final now because if they don't win, then they'll be playing in a third, fourth place game on Saturday earlier in the evening, which Klopp will absolutely not be interested <laughs> in whatsoever. No. The players will just wish they could go home on Thursday morning and it would be a complete waste of the time yeah. being out here. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, if they don't win it in the final, it's not a massive waste of them being here because you know at least they were competing. But so in that sense, that it is, it's a, quite a big game, isn't it? Really, yeah. because it kind of they have to justify themselves because then if they don't win that, then there'll be questions that will be asked about. Oh, why don't you put your first team or more first team players you mentioned before in the in the League Cup game against Aston Villa? Because you know, as I say, we are recording this before that game's played. There's absolutely every chance of Liverpool, not without reason, without good reason, given the team they're expected to put out, could get absolutely thrashed in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, especially in the last few weeks, Klopp has consistently rotated, and every time he's done it, it's it's paid off. Mm. That he's managed to find the right combination to get Liverpool over the line. It always, it hasn't always been pretty, like it, like you know, it certainly wasn't against Watford last weekend. But he's 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 found, you know, they've found ways to win. You know, and, and then you, you're right. There, I think there is big pressure on that semi-final because it it would be an absolute disaster to having brought the whole senior squad over here to then not get to the final would be would be an embarrassment for Liverpool. I, th- I think there's only one team, Premier the Europe or South America, that hasn't got to the final, and it was the South American team one year where I think the Moroccan team, I think it was Casablanca when Morocco were hosting it right. about three or four, four or five years ago. I think they beat whoever it was and so otherwise the South American team and the European team always gets the final. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you know, I, I still think Liverpool will be be far too strong for Monterey. And I think I think also he, he's definitely done the right thing in my mind, bringing the, all, all of his big hitters over here because you know, and and I know I know people argue, well hang on you know, the League Cup is a you know, it's a day out at Wembley. You know, you know, Liverpool have won it that many times in the past. Beforehand it was regarded as you know, it, you know, it was the only trophy Liverpool had won for a, for a, you know quite a large number of years before what happened in in Madrid back in June. But the reality is that competition has been consistently devalued over the years, with all the big teams playing playing weakened sides. And I, I don't think we're that far off the League Cup being knocked on the head, to be honest, because I just think you know, it, it has become a bit of an irrelevance in the calendar. I mean, let's not forget, you know, Kenny Dalglish won won that competition and got the sack yeah. what, two three months later. So it, it, it hardly screams prestige to me 
in, in Don't terms mention that of, to Joe Rimmer, he absolutely loves the league. <laughs> <laughs> and you factor in the fact that there's a two-legged semi-final, if it, I mean, yeah, the words yeah. you get through. Yeah. What, you, what you just need, you, just what you need said, after a busy yeah. Christmas period is so another two-legged semi-final. The League Cup misses a trick, they could have a one-game, one one-off semi-final at the venue of one of the other semi-finalists, I think that'd be great, because yeah, that's the yeah. one thing that's been lost in the FA Cup. Yeah, and, yeah. You, and you, heard, you heard Klopp today, didn't he? You know, kind of... You know, he, got, he kind of went off on one again about, you know, I think it is a massive bugbear of him, the whole schedule and yeah. the way that it is. I mean, he was obviously critical the other day about any plans to expand the Champions League and, you know, want to guarantee like 10 games rather than six games in the group stage and all and all that kind of thing. And you think the two-legged semi-final in the League Cup with the way that the schedule is now is ridiculous. Just the same as all replays in the FA Cup should definitely be scrapped oh, as no, well. I disagree with the, you there. I, I, I disagree with you there completely. We can disagree on that one, but in, that, that's my opinion on it. And you know, I just think the, the way that things are now, the, the, you know, the, the reality is that the Premier League for Liverpool is by far and away the biggest priority this season. Nothing should be allowed to get in the way of that. And, and the second biggest priority is the Champions League. Um, I, th- I think the re- I think the other reality is the Champions League winning that is much bigger than winning this competition. But as Klopp said, they're here. They were invited to go here. They've been compelled to come here. Yeah. They've had to change the fixture list to, to accommodate them. So they're here. So they may as well yeah, try exactly. and give it yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So while you're here, yeah. of course, it has their absolute full focus. And as we touched on earlier, Klopp said, you know, that's why we're not inviting the fans in for a training session. Because funnily enough, we're using these training sessions as quite serious exercises in preparing for to face the Mexicans on Wednesday night and then you know potentially Flamengo on on Saturday so so yeah it's you know that, that that's 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 the way it is for for Klopp and you know, I, th- I think he's taken I think he's taken the right approach um you know this isn't I don't think you know this isn't the most important competition in the world but it's, it's a fantastic chance to win a trophy that Liverpool have never won before now winning the Champions League as James said in Madrid in uh, in June it hasn't just got Liverpool into this Club World Cup. It's very likely to have got them into another one in two years' time, in 18 months' time, in China, because for anybody who doesn't know, FIFA have announced they're going to turn it to a 2014 tournament, is it? I think it's 2014. 2014 tournament. There'll be eight teams that will qualify from UEFA, and the understanding is that it'll be over that, because it'll be once every four years, this Club World Cup. It'll be like every single year. The, The four winners of the Champions League and the four winners of the Europa League will be the eight teams that get uh, invited in the course Liverpool in that four year cycle have already qualified to, to, to win in it enjoy. so uh, what joy having said that he's not happy with extra fixtures or whatever have you that's just something else isn't it for Liverpool but it's also not so much the price of success but it's the the fact that's the reward in some way isn't it or they can't think it's what they have to deal with yeah it, I mean it's, it's an extension of the cup competitions you play and the more success, the success, successful you are in a cup competition the further you go the more games you have it, it's the same it's just a knock on effect that the success of winning a trophy now means that you suddenly have another competition to play in which, competition to play in which wasn't always the case but obviously now becoming you know, it's going to become a, a four year four year cycle thing so um, yeah I mean James Milner switched on the same today, saying, "You know, success breeds success, and and it it means it gives you a chance to win another trophy." And he said, "Why?" And he basically said, "Why shouldn't we be looking at winning trophies?" But I mean, his best quote was, "You know, we don't want to be remembered as the the team that, that won one trophy." 
I mean, I know I, I, he's obviously not counting the it's a major trophy. He's had a major trophy, yes, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but he's obviously not counting the Super Cup as a major trophy. Um, but um, so, well, well, he say, well, here you, you, you've got to look at winning it, and I say, I think he he wants. All, he speaks to the players, and they they want they want to be as successful as they can, and. And when he speaks to the players, and oh, he's playing all these games. Is it is it, is it a trouble? Is it is it tiring for you? They'll go. No, we want to play as much as we, we possibly can. We want to get everything out of what we can of our career. You know, and if that means playing more games to win trophies, we'll play more games and win more trophies. You know, that, they're, they're they're driven by that. Is it, I've been gone, gone the days where you you played football because it was your job and you were good at it and you got paid well. And the, these guys are paid so well, it doesn't really matter. They they want you know, silverware. They want medals around their neck. And this is just, uh, it doesn't really matter what that, you know, it does matter what the medal is, but you know I me. Mean? For, for this week, as they both said, this is the most important trophy. This is the most important competition because they're in it this week and they can win it. And they, they just want to win a trophy and trophy, 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 keep going. And if they can, you know, add this one to Super Cup and the Champions League and then in a competition in the league, you know, you're looking at four trophies in a in a 12-month cycle, not discounting where how long we get in the Champions League. So, also that becomes like a, a memorable year for them, and then it just builds the momentum of it's another trophy, it's another trophy, another trophy. And just before we go on to the team selection at the end, uh, just while I've, while I've got you, uh, two obviously big contracts that have been announced in the last week. Both of them, they were up, sat up there in the the Khalifa Stadium. I'll just say, are you surprised? And is it good or bad? I think I'll know the answer to the last, the, the second question. First of all, James uh, James Milner's two year extension. Are we surprised that it's two years? No, no, no. I think I think that shows that you know. It's, I think it's testament. The fact he got two years is testament to just how important he's underlined he is to the, the ongoing success of Liverpool so far this season. I think um, is it a good thing as well? Oh um, yeah, unbelievable! Yeah. I think yeah, you know, I think it's really difficult to gauge just how important or appreciate how much, just how important he is both on and off the field. But the way that he he just sets all the standards that other players follow. I remember doing an interview with Trent Alexander Arnold four or five months ago now, and he was saying that when he first broke into the first team, he was quite scared of James Milner. He said he was quite an imposing figure in the dressing room and. And said because you know, he said every day of the week he said his his standards just never drop. He said like he's absolutely bang on it in training, <coughs> just so relentlessly that if anyone is anywhere below what they could, then he knows they're capable of. He's on your case, and you just think you know as a manager, what an absolute dream that is to have around. You know the fact that you've got someone like that marshalling the dressing room like he does, and and then you've got that side of it. And then you've also got the fact you know he's shown this season. You know it's not just a he, he hasn't got that as some kind of because he's he's a great lad to have around the place. You know, he, he still merits a place in that midfield. He still, you know, with the lack of cover at left back and right back, you know, he's got a part to play probably you know in the next few weeks in, in those positions as well. Um, you know, I think he's only probably two or three weeks away from turning 34, but you know, he's kept himself in such incredible shape and he's been such a model professional that yeah, I'm I'm really glad Liverpool have given him the two years. I think. I think that was probably what he was kind of pushing for. I think it wouldn't surprise me if initially there was talk about you know being a 12-month extension, and he probably said, 
hang on a minute, I think I'm probably worth more than that. And yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think yeah. he's only going to set up for 12 months. No. I think because he'd, he'd have had, I mean, he's, he has spoken past about Leeds and, you know, had Leeds yeah. come up at the end of the season. I mean, I, th- I think he's in such good nick that you could, there's no reason why he couldn't do two more years with Liverpool. No, and go no. and play for Leeds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was the way he finishes. And I, as I actually say, I think, I think um, were you surprised, but I know you're going to say it was good, good, were you surprised that it was the two years? Not really, no. I, I think the surprise was it's taken so long to agree. Maybe it's because of the two-year thing. That he Maybe because I mean we were literally we were only what three weeks away from him being able to discuss yeah, you know, going overseas. Contact, yeah. We all know he speaks Spanish because he's big Spanish to his kids, <laughs> doesn't he? So, we were, so I mean, I'm not saying that he was looking at that, but you know, to get to get so close to potentially losing him. Would have been, you know, people that maybe, I mean, bear in mind how well the recruitment process has been over the last couple of years. I think people have asked questions if we got to, you know, an Emre Chan situation where we get into the last six months and he's talking to, you know, foreign clubs at first and stuff. So that was the, I think that was the only surprise that it took so long. But I say we're not a party to the negotiations. We don't know whether it was just the fact that they were haggling over, you know, is it one, is it two? And he was obviously pushing for two. And obviously the longer he pushes it, more bargaining power he has if they want to keep him. Can any of us remember being 34? Final <laughs> 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 um, final thing for the same for the team. Jurgen Klopp obviously it's a great thing, but I personally was surprised he agreed such a long extension. I thought he'd do the seven years, then stop mm. like he'd done at Mainz and Dortmund. Carl, I'll ask you first. Are you surprised that he's decided to? It seems as though he's seen Liverpool things have been going so well that he's almost looking at the next stage, isn't he? You can see what the next stage is. I mean, obviously, there's a possible incoming in January. Mm-hmm. There will be other changes coming. There's, you know, we mentioned Milner, okay, stay for a couple of years. There will be players who will who will go, and they'll look to do the next generation. As he just decided he wants to be part of that. And also, there's the, there's the Anfield Road end as well, which is, you know, the plans for that have been announced. You kind of get the impression he would quite like to stick around and see what that ends up looking like. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing we, we should remember is that just because the contract is to a certain date, yeah, well, I mean, it's true, it's true, true. It's nowhere. But, but he's made the commitment to he has made whereas commitment, he's never done I, that before. No, and it was telling what he said at the press conference on Friday was that it, a key to it was, you know, transfers policy. Players coming in and wanting to know who their manager's going to be, and he, he was down to obviously he was ticking down to his last couple of years. And if he's thinking, well, the next couple of years, you know, the same question will be asked over and over again. Like we had the situation with Wenger was Arsenal every year. It was like, are you going to sign your contract? Are you going to sign a contract, and it was extended by one year, one year. Um, so I think he's thinking. I think he's maybe thinking for the longer term health of the club than you know his particular longer term in a way. Because at any point he could he, he could he could yeah win the league and Champions League and decide you know. I've yeah. really had enough. I need. I do need a break because he didn't get a proper break after, after Dortmund. Th- really, months, did he? Yeah. It, so, months, yeah. And he was supposed to be taking it a, a year off or whatever. So, and the the way he works, you know, he is going to need a break sometime. But I think, I think he, he's looked at everything he's got, the squad he's assembled, which over the last say two or three years, what they've done with that squad and making it what it is, he's not going to get a better bunch of players anywhere else. If he if he wants to go anywhere else, not that he does. And I think you think, well, these players are either at their peak or are coming into their peak in the next couple of years. Why wouldn't I want to be you know, the man behind that, pushing them forward? And say, so, and he's always got the option. He can walk away before the end of his contract if he sees that. But I think he's thinking, you know, this is this is the the, the, the peak time for Liverpool um, and for these players. And I want to be probably want anybody else taking the credit for it. And the last thing you do is walk away, and then somebody else comes in and wins. 
wins loads of stuff. So I think, yeah, he's thinking, yeah, medium term, he's thinking about himself. Longer term, he's thinking about the club in terms of the transfer strategy and what they, they can achieve. You have to capitalise on every, we said about the players wanting to win every trophy, you have to capitalise on every chance you get. And I think he's, he boiled it down to the next two or three years and, and that is going to be the time when, when they're really going to push for all on us because we're, we're looking at how the Premier League's panning out at the moment. City look like they're going to have to do a little bit of rebuilding. United are still in the rebuilding process. Chelsea, are, you know, who knows they're where they're going to Yeah, who, yeah, who knows where Frank Lamont's going to go with that. Um, Tottenham, well, who knows where they go because, you know, a couple of years and then the manager will be gone. So, um, so the, the, it's almost like everything has fitted into place, like into place, and this it. It feels like it's Liverpool's time, and I, I wonder if Klopp has just sensed that and thought, you know, this we're not, we haven't, we are not, we haven't peaked at the Champions League final in June. We, that's still, we're still on the upward curve. So I think maybe that's that's what he's looking at. Right then, let's do the team then. Uh, Alisson, do we think can go? Because it could be Adrian, couldn't it, for the semi-final? Yeah. I think I was sure. I think Alisson. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so. Now, I should say, Virgil van Dijk, he sat out training on uh, Monday, but he's, he's okay. Is he starting tonight? I think he's so. got to, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Yeah. So, Joe Gomez has to be the other centre back. Yeah, yeah. Full backs, do we give one of Trent or Robertson a rest? Robertson obviously Robertson didn't start against uh, Watford at the weekend. No, I, th- I think he started. I'd start. You go with a pair of them, yeah. 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 Okay, so now we're into the midfield. Midfield is always the area where there's some room. Why now that not playing? Fabinho is obviously not here. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got Henderson. So Henderson has to play, and he'll play yeah. presumably in the defensive midfield. If they play the one rather than the two, because they played the two, didn't they, against yeah. Watford? Yeah. Does Milner play? If they play the two, could play alongside him. I don't know. Do you play Milner? Play Milner and Henderson as a two. But Milner tends to be more progressive, doesn't he? He'd be further. He does. Further up. So, or, or you, could, you, you could play Milner and Cater in there, couldn't you? Yeah, you could do. Not not Oxley Chamberlain and Cater and Henderson. Well, but yeah, you I mean you could could have put Oxley Chamberlain potentially as one of the front three. Well, I'm asking if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I think Oxley Chamberlain Cater might be a good chat because the way the Monterey coach was talking, he's expecting to a lot of defend do a lot of defending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're so, they're like not, so they're not going to be. You wouldn't expect to be overrunning midfield. I mean, and so you're you're looking at Henderson to cover all the ground. That needs to be covered in between, you know, defence and, mid- and the, the more advanced midfielders. So it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Kate didn't play the weekend, did he? So yeah, it makes Kate sense. Kate's going to play. Yeah. So we're so, saying it's Henderson and Kate, and then one other. Yeah. Are we saying think, it's going to be? I think the, the press conference is a bluff. I think it'll be Milner. What do you think? I, 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 who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think. Yeah. No, 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 no. Recent, that's recent, how this worked. Recent weeks. Recent weeks have shown that it's very difficult to second guess what Jurgen Klopp's going to do. But um, yeah, I, I, I would quite like to see. I mean, it would be attacking, but I would quite like to see a Henderson, Cater, Oxley, Chamberlain trio in midfield. Because as Carl said, I'm not expecting Monterey to really take the game to Liverpool, and I just think. Liverpool will dominate possession to that degree that I don't see that being an issue to be honest. Well, that that he's not going to play that midfield against Flamengo, is he? No, no, he's spinning around. And he'll definitely rotate between yeah, the two yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. So, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Lallana played against Monterey. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I always forget about Lallana. No, we don't. I know, but until that point, we haven't mentioned it. Yeah, but I think Origi will play tomorrow. I was going to say, I think Origi will definitely play instead of Firmino. Yeah. You know, he hasn't had much of a look at it, has he, Origi? You think he's brilliant in the Merseyside derby. 
and then you know, I must have thought, oh, yeah, that's a real statement for me. That, and then he hasn't really had a look in since. He's only played about three so, games since then, to be fair. I know, but yeah. well, still three games since he was brilliant in the derby. <laughs> yeah, and he hasn't yeah. had a look in, so surely this is a chance I for Origi. So, yeah. yeah. So are we saying Origi, Salah, Firmino? Are we yeah. saying both Mane and Salah, or do we think perhaps Oxley, Chamberlain, or oh, Shakiri could play? Shakiri, Shakiri, yeah, maybe. Shakiri for whom? Mane. No, I, I'd say Sella, if you're going to drop one of those two. Not drop, rest. Rest, rest. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. we don't need to drop it's, it's tricky with Sella because... He's in form as well, isn't he? And also, be, being here, yeah, there'll be so much focus on him. Yeah. Probably yeah, more if, 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 if Liverpool gets to the final. Then. I don't yeah, mean, I, wonder, I, wonder whether, yeah. I wonder whether they'll, 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 they'll play him in two games, I don't know. Just to maximise... Being cynical, you know, maximise the, uh, the market value I, I of one of the marketable assets. You're very cynical. You should become a journalist. <laughs> right, we'll finish then with the predictions. What do you think, James? Given the fact you, uh, I know you know nothing about Montreal, you've never seen that play. How dare you? I've done all my homework. They, they, um, they beat uh, Al Sad, who. Uh, Zabi is the coach, the, yeah. the Qatari team, 3 2, although it was 3 1 until like the last minute. So yeah. they, were, they were easily winners in that one. That doesn't really count for you, does it? No, not really, no, 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 so. um, <laughs> I'm going to go 3 0 Liverpool. I'll go 3 1 Liverpool. Well, I was going to go 3-0 as well. You are allowed so, to. I'm allowed to go the same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's, he's terrible at predicting anything. Yeah, I think 3-0. 3-0. And that should do us. Uh, join us later this week where we will talk after Liverpool's obviously 3-1 win against Monterey. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.